Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey Podcast, or family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahochko. Joining me, as always, uh, for the second time this week, now that we're finally into the into the season, albeit not the way we wanted to start the season, but uh, Haas Reuter. Haas, uh, we just talked a couple days ago. We have officially put Colorado behind us. It's time to look uh, to the future, time to look at Troy. Yeah, the old Troy Trojans coming to town in just a little over 36 hours. It's uh, It's been a weird start to the season uh, because we have, first of all, we have my dog walking on the on the floor with her, her claws. So she needs to go lay down. But we had uh, the rain out, and this is not going to be uh, a Nebraska exclusive after this weekend because of you know Hurricane Florence hitting uh, the East Coast. So... Uh, before we get going, you know, any further, obviously, you know, we hope that uh, everybody stays as safe as they can in, in something like that. Uh, I have not been following the news nearly as, as uh, much as I should, but enough to know. Apparently, this hurricane has grown to like 450 miles. Why? Just insanity. Uh, I was at the doctor this week and he said, yeah, he's like, imagine a storm, you know, of this severity that covers from Chicago to Nashville. And that's about what you're looking at. I'm like, that's a big damn storm. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of games that are going to be canceled and a lot of speculation as far as where some of these, you know, football teams might be able to pick up an extra game and Nebraska was thrown in that mix. And, and oddly enough, uh, the, the, and we do have a guest folks, we're, we're, we're making him uh, sit here and, and listen to our banter briefly, but uh, we're going to bring in our guest from uh, underdog dynasty in just a moment. But Haas, uh, there's a lot of, speculation or perhaps uh you know fantasy booking if you will uh that has nebraska versus ucf uh at that bye week it's not going to happen though let's see, can we just put that to rest it's not going to happen yeah i think i have a better chance of uh going out on a date with jennifer lawrence this weekend than we do playing ucf during that bye week did did you send your uh, uh video to her on twitter though asking her to prom i mean you know it, it, Hey, as Michael Scott as Michael Scott said of Wayne Gretzky, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So, I mean, I'm big fun of shoot your shot. But no, I didn't. <laughs> so, so that's not going to happen. But Nebraska Troy is going to happen uh, tomorrow in Lincoln, and we are joined uh, again from UnderdogDynasty.com. It is the uh, the Sun Belt Conference SB Nation site. Robert Laddie is joining us. Robert, uh, thanks for. Uh, First of all, for joining us and for uh, sitting here listening to the two of us uh, talk for just a couple minutes. Welcome to the Five Heart Podcast. Uh, glad to be a part of it. Everybody here on the East Coast is uh, hunkered down for a hurricane, but if you guys want to take on the national champions in a uh, in a bye week, go ahead. <laughs> I like him already, Haas. I really do. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> uh, where, since, since since you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, where, where, where about are you at on on the coast, or are you going to be directly affected by uh, by this hurricane? I'm in Atlanta, so okay. we're uh, pretty much a few north of uh, 
about Nashville line, uh, you're pretty safe. Just get a little bit of rain uh, over the weekend, and that's about it. So we're getting pretty lucky down here in the southeast. It's mostly the Carolinas that are going to have their trouble. Well, let's talk about what, you know, when you look at this recent success that Troy has had and you look at, uh, you know, obviously they played, and I don't, I don't, I always say this. I don't mean to disparage the good damn name of Florida A and M, uh, but handled business last Saturday handily, uh, and I know we're going to talk about it. But uh, Troy is no stranger, especially in recent years, to going into big hostile environments, and I don't even want to say escaping with the win, but just leaving uh, with the win and, and leaving that home team uh, kind of scratching its head and wondering what the hell just happened. Let's talk a little bit about the 2018 Trojans. Uh, you're one and one at the moment, as we mentioned. Big fifty-nine-seven win over the Rattlers last Saturday. Uh, how is the makeup of this team, and and how does it differ from a year ago? Did did you lose a lot of a lot of experience, a lot of seniority? Missing it at the most important positions. Uh, quarterback graduated. He was a four-year starter. This will be uh, Caleb Parker is the third quarterback that uh, the Trojans will have. Over the past nine years, we've had back-to-back four-year starters. So this is a uh, this spring was the first time we'd had an actual quarterback competition in quite some time. Uh, you know, we also lost uh, Jordan Chun, starting running back for the past three years, and one of the best the schools produced. So uh, on the offensive side of the ball, they lost a lot of experience and a lot of talent, and trying to replace that with some inexperienced young guys, and it's been to mixed results so far on the offensive side. When you look at, at defensively, obviously, uh, you know, Nebraska and Florida A&M are, are two different animals, but but you were able to, you know, just uh, keep the Rattlers to one score. So defensively, what are some names that, that uh, you know, Husker fans might be hearing, uh, you know, as, as far as some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball? You're going to hear a lot about uh, Reese Hunter. He's one of the bandit linebackers. Uh, Troy runs a 3-4 defense. And as the bandit linebacker, you're going to see him line up all over the place. Number 47, he's going to line up inside. He's going to be on the outside. But his sole purpose is to put pressure on the quarterback and rush the passer. Uh, He's been doing a great job of it. And actually, the first play of the season defensively, uh, he managed to get a sack. And that was about the highlight of the defense against Boise State this year. Um, Elsewhere, uh, the defensive line returns pretty loaded uh, class. Over 14 tackles for a loss last week. You're going to see a large rotation of those players in. Trevon San, uh, Sanders is a big boy that's uh, going to be run-stuffing. Uh, Jarvis Hayes, Marcus Webb, Antoine Barker, all these guys are going to be able to push the pocket and uh, hopefully make some plays in the backfield. Uh, so far, the biggest issue for Troy has been uh, giving up deep passes. And it's very surprising, very frustrating to Troy fans right now because we've seen uh, such an experienced group come back, led by uh, Blaze Brown. Uh, was on the Thorpe watch list, and he's recovering from an ACL injury. And he still is making plays, but he's been beat for a couple of touchdown, long touchdown passes this year. So really hoping to get him back involved and back up to 100%. But until that knee's ready, it's uh, the defensive side of the ball has been somewhat of a mess against Boise. And obviously with FAMU, they're just not quite the talent level that you'd expect uh, to be able to compare yourself to. But uh, they looked a hell of a lot better last year, with, or last uh, game with four turnovers. I, I like that you mentioned defensive line because Haas is not only is he our X's and O's guy 
but he loves talking about the big men in the trenches. And uh, Haas, I know you want to you uh, sprinkle some uh, Haas dust, for lack of a better term, on, on Nebraska's offensive line uh, and, and talk about how well they played about Colorado. In, in what you've seen uh, from this Troy squad, Haas, where do you think is – who do you think has an advantage uh, up front? Well, I admittedly, I'm I'm not gonna piss on everyone's shoes and tell you it's raining. I admittedly haven't seen much film on Troy except for a little bit of watching the Boise State game a couple weeks back. But um, anytime, anytime you're playing a three-four defense that likes to get a little aggressive, you know, with their stunts. From what I have read about the Troy defense, it can be problematic, and you saw that a little bit with. Uh, what Colorado's front did against us on those fourth and twos in the game. So, I mean, on paper, I'd have to go with the size advantage from the Nebraska offensive line point of view, but can't really give an in-depth answer right now. Well, we'll let it slide this time. You're usually much more reliable, so we'll we'll, we'll let this one uh, off the hook. Um, much of the <laughs> I, I know you've got some questions for uh, Robert as well, especially – uh, on, on the X's and O's side, but uh, before we, we do that, I do want to ask, Nebraska has, it's been a while, I, I feel like, since they've gone into somebody else's stadium and uh, won a game that they maybe shouldn't have won, or at least on paper should not have won. Um, Troy, not so much. Uh, we go back to last season and the game at LSU. Talk a little bit about you know, maybe in, in we, we got to get in our, our time machine a little bit, but expectations going into that game uh, against you know a, a traditional SEC you know powerhouse, if you will, uh, even though they've not been you know in, in the last couple of years what they were, especially when you know like Leonard Fournette was there. But talk to me about expectations and emotions uh, both before and after that game, Robert. Well, the expectation going into that game was very mixed. Uh, you know, we started off the season losing on the road at Boise, uh, beat Alabama A&M barely, or uh, rather handedly, but then snuck by New Mexico State and a terribly ugly game up in Akron. So the pieces were there for a season to really fall apart. And looking at the LSU game, homecoming game, Sunbelt team going to the SEC, that one pretty much writes itself. But there was some chinks in the armor to LSU going into the game. We saw that they had just gotten blown out by Mississippi State. They hadn't really done anything their first couple of games of the season. Uh, we started matching up on things. And, you know, with all due respect to LSU, Coach O's a great recruiter, and that's about where it ends. Uh, uh-huh. You know, Coach Neil Brown, you know, he's a very offensive-minded coach and started making better play calls as – the previous season in 2016 was going on. 2017 was kind of gearing up like that the same way. And, you know, everything just started falling into place or, you know, right that week leading up to the game. And as the game started itself, you know, right off the bat, the best thing you can hope for when trying to pull off the upset. First play of the game from LSU, they turn the ball over. Troy drives down, touchdown. And from that point on, Troy was in control of the game. Uh, you know, if you're trying to pull off the upset like that, Turnovers, turnovers are key, and Troy won the turnover batter four to two. One thing that everybody keeps forgetting about is that they had to hold on to dear life that fourth quarter 
the second half of the third quarter of the fourth. At one point, I believe it was up 17 nothing. Uh, went up to 24-7, then just became a mad dash of holding on for the last minute before uh, whichever terrible LSU quarterback threw the interception to end the game. But as high as that win was, the very next game, they go out and lose to, to rival South Alabama 19-7. to So we went from the peak of the peaks to the bottom of the bottom real quick. Uh, but, you know, the, the goal all last season, just like it is every season with uh, Troy now with Neil Brown at the at the helm, win the Sun Belt and everything else will take care of itself. And so, you know, Troy was able last year to uh, settle back in, knock out the last of the portion of the schedule and just went on a seven game winning streak, closing out at, uh, at Arkansas State to win the Sun Belt championship. What uh, <clears throat> obviously t- touched on this at, at the beginning. You know, Nebraska only has one game. Uh, you know, last Saturday, the loss, uh, a strong effort, but but the loss to Colorado. What have you seen or read about uh, the 2018 Huskers under first you know year head coach here at Nebraska, Scott Frost, and and what what's your takeaway heading into you know this Saturday's match? Size, absolutely size is what you know, jumps out of the page. Uh, uh, as Coach Neil Brown's pointed out, these are some of the biggest defenders that he's seen, and that includes his time coaching in the Big 12 and coaching in the SEC. Uh, uh, Trevon Sanders, the nose guard, is the only person uh, that matches size for size from our defensive line to uh, y'all's offensive line. Uh, the linebackers are all 230-plus, uh, so it's going to be – on the defensive side of the ball, it's definitely going to be difficult in terms of containing that kind of size and being able to control the line of scrimmage when you're going against guys that are significantly larger uh, than that, that they're trying to defend. Uh, besides that, skill position players, we've seen, uh, you know, we've been susceptible to the long ball uh, on the defensive side. So the biggest thing for Troy is just going to be uh, containing big plays. And and Haas, uh, I I still think you know we don't know at least I don't know I haven't read maybe you have an update uh, being uh, you know much closer to the action than me, but I, I haven't heard who's going to be the starting quarterback for this game. There's a significant difference Haas between an Adrian Martinez or an Andrew Bunch. I mean it's it, no mistake, and and that's not too uh, you know. But there's a reason that Martinez was named the season starter what have you heard uh, on the injury front and and do you think it might just be wise even if Martinez thinks he's ready to go to give him the week off in anticipation of going up to Michigan you know in eight days well today Frost said that Bunch prepped all week as being the starter and that Adrian Martinez will still be leading up to the game time as a game time decision Said it could be two minutes before kickoff, and if he's out there cutting without any pain and uh, ready to go, they'll play him. But it would probably be wise to give him another week off before heading up, you know, when the stakes get a lot higher, heading up to the big house in Ann Arbor. But uh, yeah, the game plan changes a little bit with Andrew Bunch at the helm. And Robert, let me get, let me get your take on this uh, a little bit. When you look at, at this game from Nebraska's point of view, 
they might have the, the the wide eyes of going to the big house next weekend. I think Scott Frost is going to do a good job of curtailing that. But, I mean, they, these are 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old young men. The possibility of playing in the big house is probably something that maybe some of them have dreamed of, you know, watching perhaps Big Ten football for you know their whole life. There is a possibility that they might – you know, before, you know, running out of the tunnel on Saturday, they might be looking past Troy a little bit. And, and the Trojans, uh, again, not uh, not to beat a dead horse or anything, uh, but they're no stranger to going into, you know, a power five and, and knocking off the big boys. So from the Trojans' perspective, they you'd almost think that they'd have to be, you know, I don't want to say planning on that, but... but uh, uh, you know, hoping to use something like that to their advantage. Yeah, it's got all the makings of a trap game for Nebraska, uh, sandwiched between the devastating loss last week at Colorado. You've got the big house next week. So uh, it can definitely get uh, both Nebraska players overlooking this game, looking forward to uh, next week. Uh, meanwhile, Troy is dialed in uh, all week. Uh, Coach has been talking about some great practices leading up to it. So it's definitely got the makings of a, a ramped-up Troy team ready to show up and play, trying to erase the embarrassing national TV loss to Boise uh, and Nebraska, you know, potentially overlooking this week as just another Sunbelt team coming into, uh, coming into Memorial. It's going to be – Yeah, I definitely – go ahead, Greg. No, no, I, I – please, Hoss, take it. I was just going to say, like, that's one of the – biggest fears anytime playing a team like a Troy, you know, that they're going to be dialed in coming into an environment like this. It's the kind of the Super Bowl of their season, for lack of a better term. And if we had won last week against Colorado, I definitely think that overlooking Troy would be a much bigger, you know, much bigger thing. But this is a team that hasn't won in almost a full calendar year since October 28th last year on that last second win at Purdue and coupling that with a canceled season opener and a heartbreaking loss to an old nemesis. I, I would be very surprised if we weren't dialed in for Troy, but college football, stranger things happen, but I'm going to hope that we're locked and loaded and ready to go. And I expect Troy to come in there and play very well as they always do under Neil Brown. Robert, what's your uh, what, what's your viewing plans for for the game on Saturday? Uh, obviously, you're as you said hunkered down, uh, just gonna watch it at home, or do you have a, you know view like a is there a, a, a Troy Trojans bar or something like that that uh, you can go watch your team play with uh, you know some some like minded folks? I'll actually be uh, watching it on the phone. Got a big music midtown here in Atlanta. The biggest music festival so i get to uh be a fake fan for a day and, and watch it on my phone in between sets so hopefully it doesn't rain too hard that i don't have to hide my phone under a poncho but <laughs> well any means necessary <laughs> and, and, and uh check that data plan as well so uh robert uh, where can people find you on social media uh so that uh you know they can uh, you know it, we i appreciate the, these conversations i've uh, said it uh, I said it last week, but uh, our Akron correspondent uh, had to uh, cancel at the last minute. 
Which is fine. I mean, it, you know, it's not like you know, we're there's no heat hey, about just it. Just like the game got canceled. Uh, it's exactly <laughs> right. And and beca- I, I I do think that it was because that the conversation got canceled that that the game got canceled. That I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Uh, but, Let's just blame Terry Bowden. <laughs> but but we I didn't had, like him as an announcer. I was too young to see him as a coach when he was at Auburn. So I just don't like him based off when he worked for ABC. We uh, we had a good conversation with Colorado last week, and Robert, we appreciate your time. And uh, uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, uh, hopefully, you know it's a, it's a good competitive, you know, clean uh, football game. And I'm just going to ask you to reach out to uh, your defenders on our quarterback knee's behalf and ask them to not do any uh, twisting after the play. We'll we'll tell them not to do any extracurriculars after the tackle. That's that's all we ask. Robert Laddie, uh, where where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at r l a t t y one on Twitter and also at underdogdynasty.com. All right, that is Robert Laddie. Uh, check him out. R l a t t y one. That's on Twitter and underdogdynasty.com. We're going to take a break and uh, we're going to get uh, JDJ on the line to. Uh, uh, talk as only our fearless leader can. John Dam Johnston is coming up, whether he likes it or not, here on the Five Heart Podcast. All right, Robert, man, we're we're clear. I appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. Rel- Have a good time, guys. Relatively painless. Yeah, yeah, I could say. Yeah, uh, I guess the second beer helps. But <laughs> what? <laughs> now we didn't ask. What are you drinking? Uh, let's see. We got some local Atlanta beer. Uh, Wild Leap Brewing. You're, you're, hey, I'm just glad you didn't say Coors Banquet. Oh, yeah, well, it's, hey, <laughs> <laughs> we just stick to uh, we stick to local craft around here. So, all right, sounds good. We're man. snooty. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate your time. I'm gonna let you uh, get back to uh, your evening. I know you're in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, be safe this weekend with all the weather and everything. All right. All right, man. Good luck all this right. week. Thank you. You too. Have a good night. Hi, this is Greg Mahachko, the host of Nerds United on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. And over the years that I've been running the Nerds United show, I've been fortunate enough to speak with many of my talented friends, both artists and writers, creators of comic books. But I've also spoken with some more recognizable names in comics and entertainment. Legendary artist Greg Land. Hey, we Greg's got to stick together. Writer Colin Bunn. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer and comic book creator DMC Daryl McDaniels. The Flash of yesteryear, and in more recent memory, Flash's dad, John Wesley Shipp, and a lot more. And I encourage you to subscribe to the Nerds United podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, or you can check it out anytime you want on JitteryMonkey.com. And as founder of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, I really do appreciate your support. When you share a podcast, you help get our little corner of the podcasting world out to even more people. So anytime you do that, you really don't know how much we appreciate it. So share away. And welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast, where just before hitting that record button, Haas asked a very important question about sacrificing live animals. Haas, take it away. Yes. Of either you, Greg Mahajko, or you, John Dam Johnston, sacrificed a goat to the football gods for the health and well-being of one Adrian Martinez. Well, I mean, back in the old days, we were sacrificing goats left and right, so I suppose that we could dedicate one of them old goats. You know, kind of what you do is you sacrifice goats and you put them in the warehouse and the gods in that 
where the gods are, right? <laughs> he establishes inventory of goats, sacrifice goats right up there, and they just go, well, what's this one for? Well, I hope to have sex again sometime soon. What's this one for? Uh, could that one be for uh, uh, Tommy Frazier? Yes. Okay, what? It, now you're, you know, I, I'm probably running out of goats. I'm going to have to check the inventory. Did you sacrifice a goat so you could meet your wife? That's kind of weird. <laughs> hey, just, we're trying to get the you get right. You just go. You just go. You go. Kaboom! Personal. Kaboom! Personal. Spirit of full disclosure. I, uh, I guess. I don't know about sacrificing goats, uh, but last so week. So, how are you doing, John Boy? No, I'm. I'm suffering from allergies, and I can't take the bullshit. I, I'm allergic to that fucking hit that was put on Adrian Martinez last week. I'll tell you that. Aren't we all, brother? What a douchebag! So by now we've all seen the uh, the footage that the university released. You know, from one of their angles that I'm sure they use for Husker Vision and things like that. You know, some of their online media. That was, I mean, that's pretty damn blatant. I mean, I almost said pretty damn damning, but I didn't want to sound like I just came from the Department of Redundancy Department. Um, but that's, how do you, that needs to be, <laughs> bless you, uh, ne- needs to be looked at in greater detail by officials from, you know, all over. Yeah, but they're not going to. Of course they're not. No, you know? Scott's going to circle up the wagons for the Pac-12. Plus, I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I don't know if you guys watch Pac-12 football, but my God, their officials can barely... <laughs> <laughs> I you know they're pretty brain dead. They the, that's the same well. rep crew that did the onside kick. Remember the Oklahoma Oregon game years ago when Oklahoma recovered the onside kick, but the refs said that Oregon recovered and Oregon went down, and scored the winning touchdown. I do remember that. Oh yes, that yes. was a fuck. Well, they are Pac-12 officials, and we shouldn't expect a whole lot of from that conference, other than maybe not playing dirty. You know, that's just something you kind of you kind of expect out of people. Yeah, we're not asking for a whole lot. Yeah, I can tell you, as a, a really marginal high school football player from a really tiny town in western Nebraska, forty-eight. When years you have old. a guy that when you have a guy you cannot tackle, and you're like. You get to the quarterback once in your life, and you go, I could get a stat. You're going to twist his leg, or you're going to – you would bring out a railroad spike out of your shorts to stab him in the leg to bring him down. But the problem with that play is he does that well after everything's done. I'm trying exactly. to figure out where you hide a railroad that spike. That sounds kind of weird. Why, you guys didn't carry railroad spikes? I mean, okay, so so in, in our defense, uh, unlike you, John, when we were going to school, the railroad was already finished. <laughs> Indians were on reservations. <laughs> well, we had to keep them, you know. Reservations. Uh, so anyway, allergies aside, John, John huh? Dam Johnson, it's 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 glad to have it's good. Great, let me try that again. Allergies aside, John Dam Johnson, it's great to have you back. Oh well, thank you. I, I love That's that great. I can. I love that I can hop on the Slack chat room, and uh, uh, I'm going to use it. I don't care. Uh, 
all the young people, Haas included, are going to roll their eyes, but I, I can slide into your DMs, say, hey, old-timer, get on Skype, and you're like, damn it, fine, let me get the laptop out. I mean... If- yeah, I'm, I'm there to respond right away because I don't actually have any other friends. <laughs> well, that, that that makes me feel honored and also kind of sad for you. Well, yeah. Shocking. You got a rotten son. Uh, okay, what are we going to talk about this week so it doesn't go for 45 minutes with the hoss beating me up all the way? Um, I, as, as usual, because it was such a hit, uh, you know, during the the Akron episode, and, and even more so last week. There's not a whole lot because there's not much of a history between Nebraska and Troy. But per usual, I just want you to come on an old man rant to, about our opponent for a few minutes. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I have, I, you know, I'll tell you about a guy named Troy. Oh, this is going to be great. I have a brother-in-law named Troy. And uh, and uh, my my wife, since you asked about her earlier, I didn't have to sacrifice a goat to get her to become my wife. But she was my high school sweetheart, sweetheart which... Sweetheart? I, 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 <laughs> sweetheart, yeah, whatever. I took her to prom when, when I was in high school. And before, one of the, this is the day before you shipped out for Korea, right? It was. And then I... Anyway... <laughs> Don't interrupt. I, I, you know, you can't train a thought. It's a big thing for old people. Uh, anyway, at one of these prom things, you know, I was supposed to buy her a croissage or a corsage or croissage or something. Croissant. And I, I, I did not do that. And her little brother, Troy, while we were taking photos, ran right up and punched me in the gonads as hard <laughs> as he could. I mean, it, it literally came out of nowhere, smashed me right in Wait, the gonads and I, ran I, off into the distance. I, I, out of curiosity, I got to ask how old was Troy at the time. I mean, I figure I, you're, I, you're in. I want to say he was like nine. Okay, so old enough to know better, young enough not to care. Well, apparently, according to my wife, he was very upset that I didn't buy her a flower, and he made me pay for it. And now Troy, Troy is a very large, grown-up, fully grown adult man with kids of his own, and Troy. Troy can shoot things from a long ways away very accurately. So what you're saying is, as time went on, you did not get that one back? Oh, God, no. No, not at all. I mean, I've seen him drop a deer at 450 yards, like, bam, drop it. And I've seen him shoot a coyote on the dead run at 300 yards, 350. That's it. You know, and what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say here, is that if you don't respect Troy, they're going to come back and punch you in the balls. See, I think I do that's think a, that's all I have for t- this week's opponent. Okay. Just uh, I, I, uh, I respect that. Hearing hearing your story, I uh, unless Troy copped to that himself, I really think that was your wife trying to make you feel guilty for not having the corsage. Well, I think there was a mental. I don't think she had to actually say anything to him. I think he was just going to stick up for his sister, I sure. guess. This was, it would be something I'd learn later on. I I have a – it's not a Troy story. It's a Trojan story. Oh, boy. So the, the, this, it's, it's a PG-rated Trojan story. It's not an SFW? No, it's, 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 uh, it's SFW. Uh, wow. So as, as – as we know, it's not a secret. I used to one at one time work in terrestrial radio, and 
like most small town stations, they got their news from one of the you know big news. I think it was probably ABC News or something like that. Well, at six o'clock in the morning, or maybe just before six o'clock, uh, you know the news would play, and for the two and a half minutes or whatever that the news ran, or four minutes, you had to run their commercials that were in their news block. I mean, that's you know they're they're essentially providing you content, but you have to run their ads. And I guess for a week or so, one of the ads in that early morning news was Trojan condoms. And all of the, imagine all the people who yell at other people for standing during Husker games. I had to tie it into Husker football somehow. Um, All the people who would yell and tell people to sit down were probably all the same people who were calling in and complaining about those those ads that you're playing, you know, like the Trojan Man or, or whatever it was at the time, uh, calling and complaining, we're like, we can't not play these. We're contractually obligated. We're sorry. Right out the 30 seconds. You know, it, no pun intended. Uh, is, is that what it was? <laughs> Trojan Man. I, I can't remember. You, that was it? No, no. I mean, it was... it was repeated that for 30 <laughs> seconds? No, but it, it was, you know, that it was it, one of their products or something. I don't want to get because I don't remember exactly. I I thought it was just you know the um, I, I don't know the condom. You know, I'll say it, but it might have been one of their other uh, aids, uh, marital aid devices type things. I don't know. I don't know what the hell they provide. Um, but uh, we got. Uh, you know what? I I will say this. I've always hated their product because it never fit me worth a damn. There was <laughs> always they were always too tight. <laughs> I'm taking that one. That was low hanging fruit. You guys just <laughs> left it there. I uh, we'll, we'll give it. Yeah. And on that note, goodbye, everybody. No. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Don't forget to tip the wait staff. Uh, so anyway, uh, we we had. I mean, not we could do. We just had to tell the people. Long story short, this is the ad. Can't do anything about it. Turn down the radio. Count to thirty. Turn the radio back up. Move on with your day. So anyway, that's that's my Trojan story. Do we actually know anything about the Troy Trojans other than they lost a lot of their team last year? Other than what Mike has written for us? They have one player who's over 300 pounds, their nose guard. Uh, they actually defended the run pretty well against Boise, but Boise torched them through the air. Um, yeah, that's about it. Hey, Did but, you guys uh, talk much about like Andrew Bunch and Adrian Martinez and all that kind of stuff? We, Not really. We uh, talked a little bit about that in the uh, in, in the last episode. Well, let's do some X's and O's. Here's the thing. Wait, I think what bothered me about the Colorado game, and I understand why he did it, but Frost, it, for a series there, went really conservative because Bunch was in the game. I don't know if he went in if he went conservative because Bunch was in the game or because he said, we are running the ball successfully, we're going to run the ball some more. I we still have explosive receivers, regardless if they drop a couple balls. I would love to see Andrew Brunch throw the ball a fair amount against Troy, and get, come on, wing zing, pick up three hundred yards in the air. No, I you know I think that it was by design a little bit to ease a quarterback coming in off the bench into the game, just run the ball, and also. We were running the ball really well, but there. Uh, when I was at the game, I definitely felt like we weren't going to be able to do anything with Bunch in. He's putting in no win situation. 
really. And hopefully that changes with the week of preparation and knowing you're going to be the starter, barring, you know, Adrian Martinez being good to go right before kickoff, like Frost alluded to today. But I I think he throws a pretty good ball, and he can move a little bit better than people give him credit for. So I don't. this isn't like a Riker 5 situation. Here's the interesting. Here's the interesting thing. Nebraska loves its walk-ons, right? Okay. We love the story of some guy coming out of like Thedford, you know, some kid Bailing made hay good. one day, then yeah, he gets in exactly. the car and drives the Yeah, Lincoln. exactly. But we hate, we hate the walk-on quarterback, unless his oh, yeah. name's Matt Terman. <laughs> the Terminator. Yeah, I mean you. They, I mean you can feel it in the air. This kind of. Fear! Oh my God! If all we've got is a walk-on quarterback, if we said we have a walk-on center or a walk-on guard, everybody'd be going well. So, but you know, you get a walk-on quarterback, and people are freaking out. Oh, I'd be bitching if we had a walk-on center. What well, we do? So, uh, I'm going to table that discussion for now. <laughs> right. I, but to that, in fact, in, in Austin, I know we touched on it earlier in the week when Conrad got hurt and. Uh, Tanner Farmer slid over to center. That was your uh, not that you want anybody to get hurt. I mean, not that nece- not not that way. But that was your kind of dream lineup for for your front five, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. And the first play that they slid Farmer over to center and brought Bo Wilson in at right guard. Farmer and Wilson had a combo block on the nose guard, and they just totally caved him in. Took him right out of the play and gave Greg Bell a nice cutback lane right inside that A-gap. And, I mean, I don't really care, you know, how he gets on the field, but you got to get Bo Wilson on the field more. I've thought that going back to, you know, some of the things that were said about him back in 2016 when he almost didn't redshirt and as a freshman was going to start the season at left guard. And then they went with Samuel Hahn instead. And Bo Wilson is a really talented offensive guard. And I mean, we got to get him out there. If it's shuffling farmer over to center and putting him in at right guard, or if it's keeping Conrad at center and putting Bo Wilson at left guard, because you know, there's still some issues at times on that left side without naming names. And uh, I mean, Bo Wilson, he, He's a, he's a player. Do you think they're not they, pulling? They're not pulling linemen at all yet, are they? Oh no, we pulled a lot on Saturday. We did. We did. Oh yeah. Okay. There's a counter play. We ran power with the backside pulling guard a lot. We ran a double G lead read with both pull, both guards pulling to the outside uh, to opposite sides. You know, Foster went left and Farmer went right, and so. Pulling linemen's a huge part of Frost's offense. We pulled the tackles a lot, too, on the quarterback dart play. So uh, you'll see that a lot in this offense. It's not just I, just, I, just, I just wanted to hear you say that whole sequence there. Yeah, I, I'll do what I can. <laughs> okay, is there anything else, Greg? Why do you got to frame it in such a way with that type of tone, John? What do you... Because um, I'm old? Am I keeping you from your tapioca pudding and Golden Girls reruns? Damn, that's 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 pretty mean. 
<laughs> oh, I've, I've you just gave me so much. Bit. You just gave me so much attitude just now. Like, is there anything else, Greg? I'm like, shit. What the, <laughs> I'm just sitting here, man. John, I bet your go-to song at karaoke is the Golden Girls theme song. I don't do karaoke. Oh, okay, I no, bet you'd be great at it. So, so that brings up a, a very important question, John. Since you said you don't do karaoke, yes. If you were to do karaoke, just like just a, a one shot. What song would you sing at karaoke? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, like e- either your favorite song or a song that you know, uh, you, you know, front to back, you know, by heart, or you know, the song that you you know shared your first dance with as a married you know couple with your wife. I mean, what? It could be, it could be sappy, it could be romantic, it could be uh, heavy metal. I don't care. I'm just curious. Like, what's your favorite song that you would be like, I'd get up there and sing that. With enough alcohol, I, I'd sing it. I don't know. There, there's literally thousands of songs. Killers, Runaways. Okay. that That's all I needed. There you go. I'm, what about, are, are you sure you don't want to sing this song? Hopefully there's no ad. Oh, damn it, there's an ad. Oh, good lord! Come on, <laughs> I can edit all and that. We, it's okay. And then we had the dead air. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. The, the silence will help me to know in production where uh, where to cut. Out okay, somewhere. how about this? Glenn Campbell's Wichita lineman. Oh, Ooh, nice. So you were yeah, a lineman for the county. Yeah, nice. I mean, I, I'm. One of those two is going to go into the post. Just okay. so you know. Uh, so it's you... probably going to be Glenn Campbell. I mean, it irritates my family when I listen to old country music. And that's why you listen to old country music? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Glenn Campbell, you can't really, I don't know if you can consider that twangy country music, can you? I mean, he was a, he was just a star. I mean, Rhinestone Cowboy was really kind of pop more than it was the old kind of like the cows are dying and all Murphle left and you know that kind of shit. How about some Marty Robbins? No, well, you know, down El Paso? to the West Coast. Yeah. Big did, Iron. Did, did, you fall, did you fall in love with a Mexican girl? I did. Nice. I, I'm sorry that that had to end for you in the way that it did in that song. Well, you know, <laughs> many lives later. Right. Haas, did did you ever get that to work? Really been booking it out there. What? Did you ever get that song to work? Or, or did you? Yeah, know? I was playing it. I couldn't hear it. Nothing was coming yeah. through. It's just gonna be some random. Our listeners are gonna complain about, or they're old like John. John, were you able like, to hear it? Oh yeah, Golden Girls. No, I didn't hear it. Yeah, okay. I like oh. that. They're old like John. Probably the same people who were. Calling up the radio station, complaining about that Trojans ad. Jeez. <laughs> Probably the same people who believe the fullback is God's position in football. You would think that it, it'd be more like St. Peter's position. Well, you know what? You know, we, we, did, we did see some comments about people, lying, you know, there should be a power position. He needs to have a power you know, line up in the the eye with the fullback, and they need to do that on fourth and short because God knows that's the only way you can ever do anything on fourth and short is <laughs> mash everybody into a phone booth and then drive right out at them. I that whole 
there's just not an imagination among people who constantly have to do that, you know? When I read those comments, I took the late Brian Toll's advice and did not jump into the comment section. That's that's the best advice you can have for us. When we're writing, it's the best to mostly stay out of those. But I've gotten work. snookered into a few conversations in the comment section, though. I don't recommend it. But people work out their own issues. Exactly. All right. I don't have anything else. Hoss, Let's do you get have a anything prediction else? From John. Oh yeah, I guess we need to do our predictions. Uh, John, big game. Oh my God! You know what? I, I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> who are two guys? Two guys, national writers. Like who was it? Pat Forty put us in his bottom twenty-five this week. Yeah. Well, you know why they do that? They do that to irritate everybody, so they get more of the web clicks going on. You know, yep. that's why you write that kind of stuff. Uh, on the other hand, having said that, until we win a game, I think we're still the same team to me that we were last year. And I know that sounds cruel because we did show a lot of improvement. We blocked well. We had seven sacks. You know, we 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 played good at times, but not all the way through the game. So I would love to see us go out and destroy Troy. Uh, I'm going to be there this weekend. Uh, but I... <laughs> I'm still going to go with a, a tighter game than everybody wants. Uh, I do think Andrew Brunch will outperform what people's expectations are. I'll say 31-23, Nebraska over Troy. Haas? I'm going to go 37-17. I made my prediction. I'm actually, at, just for accuracy's sake, uh, I, I went to our predictions uh, post so I can, you know, make the audio version and the written version the, the same. I got Nebraska 45, Troy 27. So I'm hoping for a big day. I think that, uh, you know, we, we might get a score from the defense. Uh, I think I think that's a real possibility this week. So Let's force a turnover. <laughs> that be would nice. be nice. Well, everybody, that'll do it uh, for your second uh, Five Heart Podcast of the week. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, as always, we remind you to uh, – not yeah, we're getting there. Um, but check us out uh, wherever you enjoy your podcast, be it uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podbean or Google Play. Uh, there are probably more apps out there that we might have uh, snuck on. You can always check us out uh, through the, the player on coronation.com on this post or jitterymonkey.com on the player there. Uh, follow, you know, engage in social media. We appreciate your uh, uh, comments, your questions when you have them, your thoughts, your chiming in, and, uh, and your fandom. So uh, we're looking forward to a big game uh, this weekend. Hopefully it's a, one, it's a notch in the win column for Nebraska and we can – uh, start that upswing heading into the big house next week. Can't look past the Troy Trojans. Looking forward to uh, the game 11 o'clock in the morning in the central time zone, the only time zone that really matters. For my co-host, Haas Reuter, for our esteemed guest and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston, I'm Greg Mahochko reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! WTDG, win the damn game. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.